Hello and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Davis Newton here as per usual with the Cups and Cakes Network. And uh, today we've got JS from Fly Pan Am on the show. Uh, I had this conversation a while ago now. We talked on April 11th, 2021 about their record, uh, which is called Frontera, which came out here in May 2021. It was actually originally a score for a dance piece for a choreographer named Dana Gingrass uh, that was put together in Montreal. They, they toured with uh, the whole dance troupe for a while before COVID kind of put that on hold. And then uh, during the pandemic, recorded it and uh, put it out as an actual LP. So we talk a whole bunch about that record, about uh, how scoring a piece of visual media is different than putting together a record in the traditional sense. And, uh, you know, along the way, we talk about uh, the joy in the process of making coffee. We talk about the enduring appeal of Little Richard and Jerry Lee Lewis. And uh, we chat a little bit about why Frontera might be the very best Fly Pan Am record to date. As per usual, there is some uh, foul language in this episode, so listener beware. And, of course, inside the artist studio, it's one of the many ways Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. You can take a gander over at our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to find other episodes of this podcast, as well as other audio, video, and written content. That is cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Here's my interview with Fly Pan Am. My name is uh, JS. I play bass, synthesizers, and sing in Fly Penna. Perfect. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's a real pleasure to have you. And uh, thank you. Just to break down what's going to happen here, we're going to put you through the old rapid fire uh, questionnaire, get to know you a little bit, and then uh, talk about the record that you guys have coming out on May 21st, 2021, which is called Frontera. And. Uh, we're recording this, what, today's April 11th, so that's a ways out yet, but uh, yep. we'll chat a bit, a bit about that, and then we'll play a track off that record at the end. So uh, great. without further ado, let's uh, dive into the rapid fire. Okay. Uh, do you prefer cake or pie? Oh, pie. Okay. Do you have like a, a favorite kind of pie? Um, yeah, I have a couple. Uh, I'd say probably, uh, uh, I think it's called uh, key lime. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, or lemon meringue or coconut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you... Uh, yeah, one of those. I, I know uh, I, I have a bunch of family in Quebec that I, whenever I go out there, will always have like tortiere or like a kind of savory pie. Yeah. Is that, is, that a, is that a big thing? Are you into that? Um, I mean, I, I really like it. I don't have it often. Uh, we'll have it maybe like once or twice a year. Yeah, yeah. There's a really nice market by the house. And so now they have like really home, uh, like home style. Oh yeah. Tiltia made. So we'll get one once or twice a year, but I think it's probably the same for most people. Yeah. I think it's not as huge as it used to be, but definitely like, a. Uh, for certain holidays for sure you know people yeah yeah too i mean that's not something i guess that you can eat regularly because a slice of tortilla is just like a, it's just beef it's just a lot of meat oh yeah it's heavy <laughs> uh do you prefer tea or coffee um i really like both so i would have to say coffee but I mean, it's really, it's a tie because coffee, I just really enjoy the process of making it and pouring a really nice shot yeah. and drinking that shot. But that I can only do once a day, maybe twice, but lately once a day. And tea I can have, you know, throughout the day and it's always fun. So <laughs> so what what is your like coffee making method? Like what's... What are the actual steps? Um, well, right now, a few months ago, we uh, I broke. I had a handheld, uh, a hand uh, powered espresso machine. I don't know how to say it in English. Yeah, yeah. 
but it had like a pressure um, uh, compartment, uh, for lack of a better word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, anyway, so it would create the same pressure needed nine bar to pour an, an espresso. So I broke the handle. So we bought a, a Breville uh, barista machine that's been just great. And so I've been using that rather than using either the old machine, the old the old uh, system I had or pour over. I also really like a pour over coffee. For sure, yeah. But with the barista machine that has a built-in grinder that's actually pretty good, it's just much faster. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that's been, I've been using that. So I just wait, you know, get good good beans, wait them, get the nice setting for the grind. Yeah. Then uh, wait the coffee as it pours in my cup. You know. Yeah. There's something that's always really fascinating to me about like, uh, you know, coffee isn't a fancy thing but it's kind of fun to break it down into all of these different kind of steps that you take to make, yeah, something that's not fancy taste really, really good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially now with like uh, uh, third wave coffee where you can have like very flavorful coffees, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and different grains. And, and uh, I mean, it also works very well with any kind of coffees. But uh, yeah, when you can just have the... F- take the time to have fun with it i really enjoy it like my partner she doesn't you know she presses you know uh two shots and that's it like she doesn't (laughs) wait anything she doesn't yeah and it's still it's still a great pour of coffee so yeah yeah. but i enjoy like just taking all these steps and (laughs) even though it's just most of the time it's it just ends up being more complicated but it's it's just fun (laughs) yeah you know uh, what's the first car you ever owned? Oh my god! I think it was. Uh, I think it was my mom's Honda Civic that I, that she gave to me. I think. Okay. What uh, yeah. What happened to it? Or or I, <laughs> it was either that or Fly Pan Am's first van. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I ended up with that one in my driveway. I shouldn't say too many details about that. <laughs> it's not all legal. <laughs> what uh, What happened to the Honda Civic? Did it... Uh... I don't remember. I really don't remember. I, I guess at one point... I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember it breaking down. Maybe the... Oh, I think maybe the alternator used to, like... It got in bad shape, and then eventually, I don't know what happened to it. Then I got a you know, few other yeah, yeah. cars, but yeah. Uh, what's the weirdest job you've ever had? Weirdest job? It must have been. Yeah, I'm, I'm for a summer. I think I was like fourteen or fifteen. I don't know. I ended up wrapping things for <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it was like someone who got like a contract for a Reader's Digest somehow like something like that I remember like Reader's Digest and and it was like a couple in a very small room and me and a friend he actually got the job and got me in and we yeah. would go there and it was like kind of a chain thing you know like the four of us would be wrapping things and like, <laughs> like, but I, I never really understood like where these things came from or went. I was just <laughs> wrapping them up and, you know, and then we'd get money and go buy cigarettes. Yeah. That was pretty much like, yeah. Yeah. But it was just weird. It was like a weird environment and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you prefer a sp- Sports or board games? Uh, I would have to say sports. Yeah. Okay. Do you? I guess um, which sports, and then like watching or playing. Um, I think. Uh, well, in the past few years, I really got into working out. Okay. Yeah. 
and Jonathan and I, Jonathan is also in Fly Panam, like was really into working out as well. And so, uh, so we got into that and a lot of biking. Actually, both him and I uh, travel, you know, we'll go on trips, biking, and yeah, yeah. bikepacking. And, um, and then as far as, as sports, I play hockey with my youngest kid. But that's pretty much it now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't really watch any sports. I enjoy it when I do, but I, I just don't really. Lack of time, I guess. Did you grow up playing hockey or is that something you... I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Hockey, soccer, swimming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you could put together uh, like a bill uh, of any kind of few bands playing a show together and give yourself a ticket to go see it, uh, what kind of bands would you book? Huh. It's a tricky question because I have to admit that uh, I've been a little bit dis- uh, dic- disconnected from what's been happening in the past few years. So I would love to like mention any of those bands, which I've, I've heard because I kind of follow, you know, I'll look at like list, yeah, you know, uh, like of uh, either like music distributors or whatever. So I look at the list and then I'll listen to those, to those. But, um, and there's stuff I really like, but right now nothing would come to mind because it's not repetitive listenings. Yeah. Um, so I would have to say the first thing that came to mind, um, would be, I would love to go to a Fluxus night. Okay. Something like that. Like, uh, one of those events, like, yeah, like New York Fluxus events or, or like, uh, John Kell and Lamont Young and, uh, uh, and uh, and the others I don't I don't remember what was it called what were they called I don't remember anyway like you know yeah any of those events yeah that kind of vibe yeah 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 uh, do you have a favorite local bite to eat yeah uh, actually right now I'm really into this uh, taco place called Super Taco okay yeah and also there's this great Lebanese uh butcher <laughs> for people that like meat yeah uh that uh, they make sandwiches and um and it's just uh it's just amazing like you you go there and and they'll make you a sandwich and it's just really fresh and just yeah just amazing yeah yeah and it's like a butcher shop too like you can buy like you know like actual cuts of meat to take home or is it mostly like a takeout food place no, it's a, it's a butcher. Yeah, yeah. Abu Elias butcher and so uh they they just but they have a counter where where they'll make some um takeaway platters, I guess, f- for families. Yeah, yeah. And they'll also make like sandwiches, you know. Yeah. So they have like a few sandwiches that you can order, but it's mainly a butcher place. Oh, cool. And uh, and so Radwan from uh, Jerusalem in my heart took me there like years ago. Yeah. And uh and it's yeah. It's just great. Uh, do you prefer candy, chips, or chocolate? Hmm. I would have to say, on a regular basis, chips. But I love candies. And I do really like chocolate. But <laughs> I see them as being worse for me, <laughs> you know, in terms of health. Yeah. Uh, so... I'll allow myself, um, or I try to rest- restrict myself to a bag of chips a week. Yeah, and uh, and I try not to have candies or chocolate. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'll have it occasionally, but I'll steal it from my kids. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> what are so if you're having like one bag of chips a week, what what's the go-to chip flavor? Like what's What's the one um, to choose? I'd say Ms. Vicky's uh, lime and pepper. Oh yeah, yeah. Or or just plain. Yeah. Regular. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy other others too, but uh, at one point I just started eating regular chips, and uh, yeah, unless I have fries, but sometimes I'll have both. <laughs> it's hard to not 
have those chips, you know? Yeah, it's the dinner of champions, chips and fries. Yeah, yeah, it's um. my Friday night, <laughs> cheeseburger, fries, and then chips. <laughs> uh, if you could uh, choose to open for uh, any band, uh, whether it's a band or artist that still exists or one that does not anymore, uh, who would you choose to uh, play a show with? The first name that came to mind, and I think it's just because we talked about this like uh, a couple of minutes ago, maybe Velvet Undergrounds. Oh, yeah. That could be fun. Yeah, yeah. And then if not, I thought of Faust, like old Faust. Yeah, yeah. Although Rien de Faust was just a great record as well. and But I, have, I haven't seen them, uh, even though they've been playing. And Felix, uh, the drummer of Fly Panem, did open for them, but I wasn't at that show. Well, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we got uh, two questions left in the rapid-fire part of things okay. here then. Uh, is there a, a record that spurred your love of music? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I always come back to that, and it's it's still, like, it still makes me feel that way. Like, um, Little Richard's Greatest Hits, which was, like, a $1.99 record that my my father bought me actually he bought me two and both of those records still like drive me insane so little richard's greatest hits and Charlie lewis okay <laughs> greatest hits and uh i got them when i don't know i was like i feel like i was something like six or seven yeah yeah and uh every time i would put them on i felt my brain was melting <laughs> it was just like i couldn't comprehend what was happening yeah and it, and it still does that to this day yeah, do you, do you still go back and listen to those then like fairly often or No, I mean I I do it occasionally when 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 we when I I'll talk about music with my kids or or when we talk you know when we if someone's talking about like spirit of punk or spirit of, you know, like I don't know, of a very lively band or 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 uh the idea of of transgressing you know, of dangerous music. Yeah. Because like if I think about those two and there's there's others of course, but like, you know, little Richard was like it was kind of like dangerous, right? Because you'd see this man like doing what he was doing in in a especially like he was gay in the South, yeah. very flamboyant. And he was like basically everything that the establishment didn't want you to be. Yeah, you know, and it's I, I find that pretty amazing that he was doing what he was doing and just like did not stop. Same thing for Jerry Lee Lewis. Like, there's a clip on YouTube um, of him singing a whole lot of shaking going on. Yeah, yeah. And um, I find it amazing that he's surrounded. So he's surrounded by young men. Yeah, who are completely losing it they're completely <laughs> losing it trying to grab him touch him and he's singing and it's just insane it's an insane live rendition of that song but i i watch it and i'm like i i understand that in the 50s or like what would it be like is it early 60s late 50s yeah that people were like this is the this is the devil like you can't listen to it like you watch that clip and you're like yeah people are like they're just it's just so anti-establishment establishment of for that time and it's i feel like it's something we've lost but you know uh i didn't know too much about little richard till this is maybe four or five months ago i spent some time listening to that stuff uh yeah. but it yeah it's like um shocking that yeah like a you know pretty flamboyantly gay black man in the south oh. could um uh have things that were like enormous hits like that too like it was like oh. really really popular music oh yeah um, and it's so punk like <laughs> yeah, to yeah. me like it's so fucking punk sorry i don't know if i can swear but oh, it's no, just no, like that's good <laughs> it, okay just because it's so like it yeah it, it's it, it makes my mind melt every time i listen to that like oh yeah it's just i get so passionate just talking about it because I, I i find it so punk like yeah like Jerry Lee Lewis, like putting his piano on fire and continuing <laughs> to play just because he doesn't want, he didn't want to open for uh, Chuck Berry. 
Yeah. You know, because it was like an ego thing, right? None <laughs> of them wanted to open for the other. So Jerry Lee Lewis finally goes on, puts his piano on fire and tells him like, yeah, now you go and top that. <laughs> like, I think it's just so amazing. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, very last question then. Uh, are there any uh, records coming out in the near future by uh, bands that you're really into that you're excited uh, excited to hear? Things that, uh, yeah, anything that uh, you're pumped about coming out this year? I have to say, like I said a little bit earlier, <laughs> I'm terrible right now at following anything, like at all. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Uh, and so... Um, so I don't know what's coming out, and uh, I I, I kind of stay away from social media. Yeah. So I I, I don't really know what's coming out, and uh, I I see it when it does, and then I'll go and listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I have to say that I'm mostly uh, interested by uh, to listen to, uh, um, I guess anything that will mix electronics and. Uh, Maybe with the pop sensi- sensitivity, yeah, or or uh, different, uh, not different genre music. Um, how to say that in English? Um, 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 other kind of music than than uh, Western music, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like th- this is happening a lot more now, and uh, like I was listening to, uh, um, I think a Pakistani young uh, lady. That lives in San Francisco or or in the states anyway. That she's she's about to release uh, a record, I think, in, in the month. And I was listening to one of her songs, and so like just that that will you know like people that there's a lot of people. It seems like there's a lot of people coming out of uh, uh, Berkeley or like that studied electronic music or composition, and then now they're mixing it with like their own uh, background music. Yeah, you yeah. Know, or I don't know if that's how you say it, but like with their old own culture that's you know that that whatever with their own uh, yeah cultural background yeah 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 and so i get really interested by that to see how people will like just you know do it yeah yeah cool well uh yeah let's uh kind of pivot into the second half of things here uh just right off the bat what is kind of pandemic uh life looked like for i guess for both you and for fly pan am like what is that how what kind of effect has that had well i mean it it had a big effect for us as we 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 had like two tours planned and uh and also we were touring with frontera right and so uh so all that got canceled and um but we still managed to uh, record and work on frontera so that was good and and because we have a because this we already knew we were gonna continue working on the record like we did for Sessa, which is basically we go into the studio record the bass tracks all the all the instruments yeah and then we take those files and we each work on the instruments and the 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 song on our own gotcha and we exchange everything via we transfer like so it basically becomes it's more there are more like computer records than actual rock records although they end up sounding like a rock band but yeah so so we were lucky for that so we got we were able to continue working but we weren't able to uh tour or do the shows we had planned and uh for me personally uh, other than that, other than not touring, it didn't change too much. Uh, I'm usually home, and so I've, you know I've just been home and doing more of things that I usually do, but usually don't have the time to do. Yeah, yeah. So and because I'm not alone, like I have to, like I I understand also it's it's I know that it's the pandemic is hard for people that are living alone and and at times also people that don't live alone but um i guess the fact that i my partner's here every day working yeah and and i you know i i hang out with my youngest kid because my older kids moved out and my youngest kid who's seven i hang out with him more so it's actually it's kind of been good for me yeah and i've not been too depressed or or alone you know i didn't have that opportunity yeah so 
it's or, it's i don't know if it's an opportunity but <laughs> it's funny i feel like uh even just hearing you talk about yeah you know people living alone I, i've been living alone and uh a lot of this uh you know the number of times i've thought to myself like oh god at least you know i'm glad I, at least like i don't have kids and i don't have to be juggling like being at work and doing childcare. so uh you know it seems like it's breeding some empathy so that's good right 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 yeah 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 <laughs> um let's let's i guess yeah let's talk about frontera a little bit um how, how did that how did that project start because i know it's a collaboration with uh, a dance troupe yeah well dana dana jangra I, I said dana jangra but it's probably uh, dana jengras um she uh she's good friends with roger and and uh uh and i mean friends with all of us but uh uh good friends with rogers uh, roger who and they've worked together in the past and uh so um she heard we were getting back together because we tried to actually keep that really secret for the longest time because we didn't want people to ask us to play shows or or <laughs> anything you know and yeah because we just really went back into uh I don't know if you've heard this before but like we've mentioned this before but the idea when we got back together was just we all liked really liked what each of us were doing solo wise right and we've been it's been like that for years we've we've always kept in touch and seeing each other and so we just we got to a point where we're like well we should really see if we can push what we used to do further now that we've each have our own voice you know and see how all that can come together yeah and so for a good year and a half we were just like rehearsing and just composing on our own not telling anyone uh but then dana heard about it and she was at the same time uh starting to compose or or uh i i don't know how to say it for a dance piece but uh i guess write or compose i, I don't know yeah uh her her next um dance piece and uh, so she just right away asked us to uh, do the music for it. Yeah. So the whole thing kind of, uh, yeah, it, it was a collaboration in the sense that we saw it uh, get built. We were there as it was, right? you know, um, over, I guess, a year, a year and a half. We'd go every few months. We would go for a week or two and see where they were at and see the changes and, you know, and... Gotcha. And then at one point we started bringing in the music, and then then for like a couple of months we were there, and we'd the interaction would be really fast. Like we'd we'd be playing as they were dancing, and then we'd work on what you know needed to be changed like right away. Right. So yeah. Had had any of you guys done that type of work before? Like essentially like scoring like a visual piece of media. Um, yeah, uh, so Roger and I did it for a theater piece. Roger did it a few times with Dana for dance. Okay. And uh, Jonathan's been working uh, in uh, theater and dance for the past few months, uh, past few years as well. So, so we all had that experience, yeah. Um, what's like, uh, what's the big difference then in terms of like starting a project that is based around? uh like yeah like a performance or a piece of visual like media versus starting a record that is just kind of lives in its own space if you know what i mean well um strangely and i say strangely because you'll understand what i mean as i explain it um we we came in with the assumption that it would allow us to be more free and in in terms of not it was it's kind of it's almost as if we started thinking like well this is not going to be a fly panam record right so we can allow ourselves to go places we normally wouldn't let us go right you know like yeah. so uh doesn't matter if it's not like um i don't know i i have to be careful with the words that i'm using but we gave us more liberty yeah in what we were gonna write and play uh you know like uh in t especially in terms of m melodies even though there's not huge melodies but um 
I guess we weren't as conceptual music wise when we're writing it, you know, like we right. really gave us more freedom because we were doing the soundtrack for a dance piece and we wanted to support that, you know, it wasn't so much as a statement. It wasn't a music statement. It was more supporting right. someone's work. But so I was using the term surprisingly because once we heard the record, once the record was done, we kind of felt like it was almost the best thing we've done. Yeah. And and it didn't seem like it didn't seem like oh we tried to be more catchy or we tried to de- to be more this or that. It just seemed like yeah, we 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 gave ourselves the right to explore certain things we wouldn't generally, but the way we ended up doing it and mixing it with the sounds we use or how we we built it together ends up just really sounding like a fly pan am record but even better because we went places we wouldn't have gone otherwise yeah like you know? pushes you to do different things yeah but things that normally we would not have done because we th- would have think that it, it was not us right you know yeah and now we're listening to it and we're like oh it actually sounds like it sounds like us and it sounds better yeah yeah like so so it's a it was a really great surprise so when did the decision kind of happen that it was going to actually be a fly pan am record like when did it turn into that as opposed to just being an accompaniment to the dance piece oh i think it was always the idea it was uh you know like um dana was open to this from the start and uh and we we uh I don't think it was decided that it was necessarily going to be the rec- like a record, but as as soon as we were done composing, uh, I think the idea was floating. Like everyone had that idea that it should be yeah. released as a soundtrack, you know, and and that's how we're presenting it. Like uh, the the record is kind of the way Felix did the the outwork, and uh, you know, it, it recalls like um, all their soundtracks. You know, yeah, like yeah. Just, just visually and, you know, like, so, yeah. Uh, so when you're working on, uh, I, I guess, too, like, I, I come from kind of like a folky, like, poppy background myself. Okay. Um, I'm curious when you're writing music like this, how do you, like, um, like, how do you demo, essentially? How do you kind of, like, start? to work on an idea in a way that you can kind of keep coming back to it. Um, you mean specifically with dance or just generally? You know, I, I think with, let's say with dance right now, cause I, I think it's, um, uh, yeah, like, like, uh, when you go to see what they're doing in terms of choreography, um, like, do you, for example, like take some video of that and then bring it back and then try to work with that video? And then like, yeah, what does right. that process look like, I guess? Well, so um, we did have directions, music directions from Dana, gotcha. you know, for certain parts, uh, which uh, were important to keep in mind in terms of BPM. Right. So speed for the dancers, because they were baking, they, they started working on the dance um composition or choreography uh, choreography um using other music other material gotcha and we knew what the material was and so we knew the bpm we knew kind of the feeling that dana wanted and so based on that we started just with like skeletons just like rhythm rhythmic skeletons right and uh at times we would let her listen to those ideas, just like moods and and uh, and and I guess the associated rhythms, yeah, to see if it if it worked with what she envisioned, and um, and then I think I would say I could be wrong, but I I think like about seventy to eighty percent was done in the last two months. Gotcha. And so when we went in, we had like all those skeletons, yeah. And then being with them every day, playing the same thing every day, that's when we really structured what structured what we're playing. 
and and then added everything that needed to be added. So like second drums and and uh, just changes and tones and you know whatever we needed so that there was it was interesting uh, and uh, and it would help lift or follow what the choreography was su- suggesting. Yeah. yeah, and then the band are you guys like. Uh, mostly just kind of keeping it all in your head and just performing that stuff live? Or are you making yeah. like, okay. Do, do yeah. you, you mean like if we had notes or, or like a partitions? Yeah, or like demo recordings or stuff like that. I mean, we, we did we did have demo recordings just for us. Right. Um, uh, but like not, nothing final, just like, uh, just more like a, things so 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 we could individually work on things whatever we needed to work on individually right but then once uh once we started rehearsing with them we were doing it every day for a good you know close to six hours a day yeah and so by the time we got to playing the show like it you know everything was in our mind like we yeah and 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 cues are taken from the dancers right so so all we had to do really is just remember our riffs and uh yeah there was, so but anyway so yeah there, there's no per, there was no partition yeah yeah uh so when it came time to actually like go into the studio and record these uh which obviously happened during the pandemic this year um was there uh like was the goal to try to make something that sounded as close as possible to what the actual accompaniment sounded like live or was there a lot of work done afterwards specifically like just for the recording it's basically the same thing except we edited it so that first it can fit on the record right on a single record and uh, also so that it uh, so that it made sense because uh, of course certain certain uh, tracks live are much longer right but on a record there was no need for that because it's just like repetition for no reason right so so we edited a lot of of that just like a lot of unnecessary repetition for the record yeah how how long was the actual dance piece then it's a good hour okay yeah like uh over 60 minute like i think gotcha maybe like 65 or something like that um so and the record is i think 40 minute gotcha right so how do you approach yeah trying to figure out which parts of things you want to cut down and what you want to kind of let breathe and let have more space well it, it wasn't an easy thing to do but uh I think actually what we did is we recorded everything the way we played it live. Yeah. And then it was just listening to the track, you know, like just, just being like, okay, this is too repetitive or it's, right. we're losing the, uh, not attention, but losing, uh, f- uh interest. Yeah. You know, so, so just, we're just, we edited that way. And then there's other track, like there's a ambient track that is very nice live. And it, and and it um, it plays as while the dancers are all bunched together and they move ever so slowly with like just dim light just like uh, um, going on and off of them. It's really really beautiful and yeah. Um, but the, there's just no space for us to to have that long of a track. So then it we shortened it to like two minute just to give an idea right almost like soundtrack records do sometimes you know you just have the general theme yeah and you know so but uh but for the generally speaking uh we were able to to keep i think the right amount of length for a record yeah you know yeah, or for a band even if like we'd play it live as a band and no dance i think it'd be like the the right length yeah yeah. So going into then uh, this upcoming year and assuming things kind of go back to normal a little bit more, 
what do you guys have going on? Like, is the plan to tour on this or or to? Uh... Oh well, definitely. I mean, uh, the those shows were supposed to go on. You know, like we only did the first few shows, and uh, it's a big production. So, um, so those shows have to be big. They have to be festival shows, or or like I don't know. Um, generally speaking, they're festival shows, right? Um, and uh, so I I don't know how that's gonna go. Like I just you know you. I'm assuming people that have festivals they need to have people in the room to pay for that show. You know, so. Yeah. I, I don't know how it's gonna go, and in terms of touring, just uh, fly Panama alone is the same thing. Like it's just right now everything's just so insecure. We're not necessarily eager to tour either. Yeah, we've done a lot of touring in our lives, and so it's not like if we're eager to just go back. I mean, it's fun to tour, but you know we've done enough so that we're not gonna tour just to tour. Yeah. So, uh, so I think right now we're we're open to especially we're specifically open no especially open to touring with Frontera if that can manifest yeah um, although I don't see it happening until 2022 for sure yeah yeah and uh, and uh, beside that I think we're just gonna we're just gonna start composing the next record and we already have ideas and uh, and because we were able to do a lot of work on uh independently one of another like we we have zoom meetings and then we work uh, um independently and then we can just send each other the tracks and yeah and then just need to meet that's going to be the hard part you know as long as we're in a red zone montreal's in a red zone so technically we're not supposed to gather in a rehearsing space unless we you we wear masks and right uh, but which is not a fun thing for especially Felix if he has to drum and, and have a mask. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's the hard part, but there's ways around it. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess we're just going to try to compose if that's the only thing we have to do. Yeah, everybody's just biding their time, hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for it works well for Fly Pan Am. Like, I, I play in uh, Avec le Soleil Sortant de sa Bouche as well, and it's a whole lot harder to do with that band because so much comes from from first playing right. and jamming you know and and Dan Dan does all the computer work like orchestration and electronics but first is jamming 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 and so that band is, is just right now is just on pause right you know? yeah yeah well I think that uh, that pretty much brings us to the end of the old episode here uh, I know right. uh you weren't sure which track we should finish off with, right? Um, well, I, I'm assuming it would be either um, uh, Grid Wall or, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what uh, will be, be, be best. Uh, yeah, I'm very bad at choosing. <laughs> I'm not the right person for that. That's why I was suggesting uh, that I let someone else decide for me. But uh, I'm assuming it'll be either Scanner which is, uh, I think that's already been put out. Or Gridwall, which is uh, uh, a rockier, if I can say. Yeah. Uh, more rhythmic uh, and band playing, you know, uh, piece. So either that or um, uh, Wall. No, it's not Wall. I'm forgetting the names. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's yeah. let's assume it'll either be a grid wall or scanner that we're about to hear um, by uh, Fly Pan Am off of their brand new record Frontera, which uh, is probably out by the time that people are listening to this. But uh, if not, it's out on May twenty first, twenty twenty one. Yeah, I was gonna say probably maybe more grid wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, this is probably grid wall that we're gonna hear. Uh, JS, thanks so much for uh, sitting down to chat. It was uh, it was it was a real pleasure. Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much.
When I got nothing on my mind. Inside the Artist Studio is produced by Sean Davis Newton for the Cups and Cakes Network. The featured track Grid Wall was played with permission from Fly Pan Am. Thanks to Laundry Week for the use of their song Nothing on My Mind from the Grimpy EP as both our intro and outro music. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights comedian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.